Trubisky, he played a good game on Sunday, but you just said it. His body of work as a stealer led the team to bench him, Kurt, right? And one good yeah. half of football shouldn't outweigh a bunch of bad football that we've seen. Tomlin already went with the kid. Yeah. I think you got to stick with Pickett. So I'm glad they're doing that. Oh, and they're sure. not messing around here. No quarterback controversy in Pittsburgh. That's a good thing. But Mitch Trubisky did kind of just save the Steelers' season. We got some takes on that performance here coming up in just a little bit. But first and foremost, it's the Steelers Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Eating a little bit of crow this week, aren't we, Kurt? I mean, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of picks wrong, but this one, I mean, it's very NFL to have everyone, not just us, but everyone picking one team over the other, but the other team wins. Like, that's so NFL, right? But I mean, oh, yeah. No Minka Fitzpatrick, no Cam Sutton. No Levi Wallace, no Akello Weatherspoon, still no TJ Watt. Mitchell Trubisky is thrust back into action. I mean, you got to be kidding yeah. me! How the hell did the Steelers beat the Bucks, man? I still can't believe that they won that game. I, yeah, I think I think because I was so adamant that they would lose. <laughs> yes, that that, that's what caused. I mean, I was announcing on Twitter: start every buck you have on your fantasy roster. I mean, it was <laughs> I. Yeah, I thought they were just going to break records all over that defense, but no, Pittsburgh they. Uh, like Tomlin said in the post game, we had some disguises in play, and the players executed them. The idea that Tom Brady got fooled by a defense full of backups—I don't know. Price says more about Brady than it says about the Steelers at this point. Yeah, I mean it does, and and Tom Brady has kind of owned Pittsburgh throughout his career, right? I mean Brady kind of yeah. kind of knows what to expect. He's been in that stadium a million times. Like I don't know, it's just so surprising. Uh, but but you wrote yeah. on the Steelers wire. You know, you kind of pose the question like, "This is a good thing, right?" Like the Steelers winning, this is good. Like our fans, our fans excited about this, right? Because you kind of wrote about it after the game, like, "Hey guys, we just set the bar a lot higher now, and and now we can look at the four game losing streak with a more critical eye. We can look back at that loss of the Jets at home with a critical eye, oh, right? Like obviously, obviously, we're we're capable of more." But where are the fans at, right? Like I know you're interacted with fans quite a bit. Are they mm-hmm. more into losing and getting a top 10 pick, which the Steelers are still scheduled for right now if the season ended today? Or are they like, let's right. grind this thing out, let's get back in it, we're only a game back from the Ravens, like it's not over? I think that's exactly how they feel. I mean, the Steelers fans that I've I've talked to since the game are just like, we're a game behind Baltimore, we still got to play Baltimore twice, let's just keep winning, let's just, let's just see what happens. I think most fans, I think most Steelers fans would rather see this team finish you know, you know, two games under 500 and know they fought till the end than to finish dead, you know, with only four or five wins on the year and, and, you know, get a little bit better, higher draft pick. That's never been, I, I don't think that will ever be the majority, uh, the, the, the whole idea of sexy tanking or whatever. I don't think that's ever been the majority of Steelers fans. I don't think they've ever looked at it that way. I think they look at the front office as being, good at drafting talent outside the first round. And so I don't think they live and die by that first round pick like a lot of teams do. Um, you know, right now they're, they've got the number eight overall pick. Last time they picked number eight overall, they took Plexico Burris back in 2000. Um, you know, they moved up to get Devin Bush. Other than that, this fan base is pretty used to picking in the 20s. So I, I don't think that the idea of having a top 10 pick or a top five pick is, is more motivating to them than, than winning games. So 
no, I think they're, I think they're going to, most are going to view this as, as this is what they need to do going forward. My biggest thing was when I wrote that article was, is that, you know, it does call into question the, the New England game and the, the Jets game. Um, and it will call into question every game going forward that they don't produce like this. Um, you know, the defense was, has played much worse with much healthier talent on the field than they did on Sunday. And so, you know, as it, as it stands right now, it looks like they're going to get most of their secondary, if not all their secondary back. Um, you know, what, what are you going to do for an encore against the Dolphins? Are they going to have that same level of intensity? Are they, are they going to be able to do that again? Or are, are they going to go back to the effort they put out, you know, two weeks ago? And if they do, the fans are going to turn on them in a hurry. And that's, that's just the unfortunate reality of, of being a Pittsburgh Steeler and, you know, with the age of social media. Steelers fans are fickle, and they will turn on them in a second. The Steelers, as you just said, never pick in the top 10. So after the Steelers get smoked by the Bills, and we're all like, well, this, is, this thing's over. Look at all the injuries they have against Tom Brady and the Bucks. It's over. Uh, it, let's, let's pick at the top 10 for a change. But then you forget how fun a win like Sunday is, right? And then you win that game, and you're like, ooh, and, ooh I'm back in. Let's go. And, and I think we all yeah. should be on that train, that side of it. Um, another thing I wanted to make sure we mentioned, Kurt, is just Trubisky. Trubisky, man, like mm-hmm. what? What a pro, right? Yeah. I mean, say what you will about the player. I, I don't love him as a as a starting quarterback for the Steelers at all. I mean, I just don't. But it's hard not to respect the hell out of him after Sunday's performance, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, and I didn't watch him play much in was it twenty eighteen when he made the Pro Bowl, but I'm not sure he's played a better half of football in his career. Wild. I mean, he went out there and just took command. I mean, he play if he'd have played like that in his four starts, he'd never gotten benched. You know, if he if he'd have gone out there and played with that kind of intensity and that kind of energy, but you know, he was kind of thumbing his nose up to the to the everybody who was happy with him being benched, and you know, he had a reason to go out there and play hard. And so, um, man, I was I was glad to see it. You know, I was and and I was happy to see sort of his attitude after the game that he was just glad that the the team rallied around him and that everybody played hard and that he kept himself ready. And I mean, he played with more confidence in that, you know, quarter and a half or whatever that he was out there that I'd seen him play in all year. And, uh, you know, like I said, as, as long as the team came away with a win, um, that's the, that's kind of the bottom line, but they don't do it without him in there. I mean, Kenny Pickett had a nice first drive and then the offense really sputtered at that point until Mitch got on the field. So, I don't care how big a Kenny Pickett fan you are. After that first sort of scripted drive by Matt Canada, um, they, they didn't have a whole lot of answers on offense. They didn't. They didn't get a lot done. So, yeah, you gotta gotta tip your hat to Mitch. And then hopefully he he handled it like a pro today when Mike Tomlin announced that if Kenny Pickett clears concussion protocol, he's the starter again. So I mean, it was it was one and done. I, I kind of thought they they'd have a little more drama with that, but Tomlin made sure to quiet that you know, any rumors down in a hurry this this afternoon. So Yeah, it would have been better for content if you let that thing drag out just a little bit longer. Absolutely. Right? But, Absolutely. But, you know, I nope. think I, I think that's the right call, right? I think, you know, Trubisky, he played a good game on Sunday, but you just said it. His body of work as a stealer led the team to bench him, Kurt, right? And one good yeah. half of football shouldn't outweigh a bunch of bad football that we've seen. Tomlin already went with the kid. Yep. I think you got to stick with Pickett. So I'm glad they're doing that. Oh, and they're sure. not messing around here. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that could be questionable, and I don't know that it'll be an issue on game day, is that Mike Tomlin said today that Kenny Pickett is, he's still in the protocol, but he is, um, he's able to practice fully with the team while he's in protocol. And a reporter asked him, what will that mean for reps? And it sounds to me like they're giving, going to give Kenny Pickett all the first team reps this week. Um, as long as the, as long as he passes all his concussion tests. I guess that's okay if you assume he's going to be out of protocol by by the weekend. But if he isn't, say Friday, they say he's still in protocol or whatever the case may be, and they declare him out for the game. Now you're starting Trubisky with no work with the ones all week. So it, it's kind of a, you know, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I, I feel like Mike Tomlin, you know, he's, it sounds like Kenny Pickett's been in the locker room and he seems like he's fine. So, I'm sure he's approaching this from the from the idea that he feels like Pickett's going to be ready to play on Sunday, that he'll be released from the concussion protocol. But it's it's still a calculated risk by not giving Trubisky any any starter reps this week. Um, you know, it, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I I hope that uh, I I kind of hope Pickett is well enough to play. I mean, the the concussion, this whole concussion thing has just gotten it's gotten out of hand this year in the NFL, and so. I hope it wasn't bad. It didn't seem like it was a, a, a pretty, a very serious one, you know, on uh, when it happened. So hopefully he's able to get out there and this will be a, a non-issue once the game gets going. Yeah. Guys are completely passing the concussion protocol tests and still sitting out a week. And that's kind of what we're yeah. seeing. So we'll, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, I hope it's Kenny Pickett. I want to see more of him, uh, but going back to Mitch, uh, you know, the end of the game, Kurt, how he how he finished and how the Steelers finished the ball game. You get the ball back with four thirty eight remaining, up by two points, and you never give it back to Tom Brady. Like they didn't even have a chance to try to get in the field goal range. Like that was unbelievable. And Mike Tomlin, tip of the cap to you, Mike, because that third and fifteen early in the drive after a near disaster mm-hmm. on second down, Kurt, like he let Mitch throw that and Claypool picks it up. Yeah. That was that showed something. That showed some yeah. trust in the quarterback. And then. Later in the drive, the third third and eleven again. Trubisky, boom, deep ball, Claypool, twenty six yards, and then yeah. they run out the clock from there. When Trubisky, you know, basically when he rushed for nine yards on that ensuing first down play, the game was essentially over. Right, the Bucks were in a really tough yeah. tough spot at that point. But yeah, man, that whole drive was just winning football, absolute money. I agree with you. Where's that been, Mitch Trubisky? You would you never would have lost your yeah. job if you were doing stuff like this. I mean, that was awesome. And, it, and he wouldn't have had to do it for the entire game. But if he had a couple of drives a game like that, he'd, he'd still been the starter. I mean, if he could have gutted out a couple of big drives like that, man, he'd been – I keep, we keep coming back to that Jets game, but how how things could be different if, if that he had played like that in the Jets game. You know, I just that, – that could have made all the difference in the world, but – that one was yeah, pain. He's a, just pain that Jets game. Oh, it, it, that that will be the game. If this if this season ends up close, that will be the game that we keep looking back to. I think no matter what happens the rest of the season, I don't I don't think there's another game on the schedule that you can look at win or lose that's gonna that's gonna have a bigger impact than that one will. Yeah, that's too bad. It's I mean I know the Jets are, are seem to be a little better. They seem to be better this year, but. Uh, that was one they should have they should have beat the Jets. So that 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 one stings a little. 
Oh yeah, that one still stings. Like there's no there's no reason that Jets team should have walked into Pittsburgh and beat you. Not, absolutely yeah. not. Uh, but there's more to get to with this ball game. Uh, some unsung heroes for the Steelers. I'm going to get Kurt's favorite right after we set our fantasy lineups. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Ori Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number seven. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Tennessee Titans. Regardless of what happens with this banged-up backfield, the smartest way to attack this vulnerable defense is through the air. Ryan evidenced this in Week 4 by logging 359 yards, two touchdowns, and 25.4 fantasy points. The Titans have surrendered at least 317 passing yards in four straight games, and every quarterback to face this defense has tossed at least two touchdown passes. No quarterback has thrown more than one interception in this time. Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt at the Baltimore Ravens. This matchup favors pass-catching backs far more than it does those who make their living on the ground, like Hunt's backfield mate Nick Chubb. This is the number six opponent for receptions allowed and number eight for aerial gains over the past five weeks, though none of the 28 total catches since week one found the end zone. The downside here is that Hunt has no more than three catches in five straight games, including none last week, and he topped out at four grabs for 24 yards and a touchdown back in week one. He's somewhat risky, but the upside's tremendous. Wide receiver DJ Moore versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, quarterback PJ Walker steps into the starting lineup this week, and he has a small sample size of targeting Moore. In Walker's 2020 start, he threw 31 times, sending 11 Moore's direction, and the duo connected on seven of them for 127 yards to pace the team in targets and yardage. Last week, six of Moore's targets came from Walker. Tampa's given up the 10th most catches per game to wide receivers in the last five weeks, and the position has averaged a touchdown per game over that time. Gerald Everett, Los Angeles Chargers versus Seattle Seahawks. Despite seeing seven looks in week six, Everett's second highest total on the year, it produced only 29 yards on five receptions. While it looks like LA will get Keenan Allen back on the field this week, there's a silver lining here to be found in the matchup itself as Everett's former boss has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends in the last five weeks. No team has given up more yardage and this is the third best opponent to face for the odds of scoring a touchdown. Like Kareem Hunt, he's risky, but there's definitely upside at play here. For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Three questions of the week for Kurt. Let's jump right in here. Uh, Trubisky, Kurt's getting plenty of love, right? Well-deserved. We were just giving him some love there in the previous segment. But who's another unsung hero for the Steelers in this game on Sunday that you just did not see coming before kickoff? Well, I mean, I think the first name that has to come to mind is Steven Sims. I mean, I don't think anybody expected him to come out and have two big returns that really sparked the – the offense the way he did, you know, that, that 89 yard kickoff return was huge. Um, then he had the 24 yard punt return. I mean, this is a kid who the week before was supposed to be the return guy gets poked in the eye in pregame um, and ends up starting the, the, the great avalanche of, of miscues with the, with, you know, when he couldn't get out there to return that first kick. Um 
And so I think that was amazing that he was able to, to come out there and make those plays like that. But I think you look at the other side of the ball, you know, I mean, with so many guys beat up, props to Terrell Edmonds. I've been tough on him. Um, you know, I, I kind of joked when he got that contract to come back that, you know, nobody else wanted him and things like that. But, man, he stepped up, you know, on a day when the only – he was the only regular starter in the secondary. He had a huge game. You know, he, he was he was very, you know, very vocal out there, you know, helping the younger guys. Um, you know, huge credit to him on defense for, for you know, had 10 tackles, led the team. Um yeah, I mean, he, he looked – that was his best game of the season, and he looked like the the player who played the, so well the last five games of last season. So I'd say if you're taking taking a couple of guys, I mean, you can go wrong with either of those. So, um, I mean, so many guys stepped up. You know, James Pierre had a good game. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, for me, it, it, to see a big kick return, Steelers just don't get many good kick returns, unfortunately – it's been Antonio Brown since we've had much excitement in the return game. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Steven Sims as my guy. Yeah, We're not giving back those yards that uh, Steven Sims created in that ball game. Absolutely no. not. Yeah. There's a couple different ways you could go. I mean, you could go in the secondary for sure. I found it interesting that the Steelers never blitzed in this game, right? So they'd really just relied oh, Kurt, yeah. on disguising their coverages. And here's Tom Brady who, you know, who said himself a few years back that he's got all the answers to the test now at this point in his career. Well, he didn't have the answers on Sunday. I guess a bunch of guys that, you know, a lot of people probably have never heard of or seen play in the NFL. So the fact that they never blitzed and they were able to to make that plan work out was pretty awesome. Yeah. And and without a ton, I mean, they got pressure, but it wasn't overwhelming by any means. It was more about I think I, I think Pittsburgh was more successful by sort of showing one look pre-snap and then giving them a, another look, you know, after the snap. And for whatever reason, Brady was 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 low on a lot of his throws. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the Steelers only ended up, I think, with with five hurries in the game. Um, you know, I, I, it wasn't a huge pressure game, even though they they didn't blitz. Um, I think they only sacked him twice. I think Hayward got one and Alex Highsmith got one. But, yeah, it was just a really smart game plan. You know, we've been tough on these coaches, but both sides of the ball, very smart game plan on Sunday. Question number two, Kurt. We've talked about the Steelers being buyers at the trade deadline in past seasons, right? They're really good at that. You'll find that game-changing player. What if teams call the Steelers, right? What if teams specifically call on Chase Claypool? A guy who I think people had reports that he was available in the preseason. I think the Steelers were asking for uh, you know a high price tag on Claypool. Uh, so what would you be expect uh, accepting for him to to let him go, or are you not trading him altogether? What do you think about Claypool? Oh, if teams come calling, I think he's available. I think he has to be. You know they've invested heavily in Deontay Johnson. They've got George Pickens now, so I think he would be the guy that would be. Um, I'm not going to let one good game kind of change my opinion on that. I felt like he's been an option from the beginning. You know, you, you kind of got to look at the market. I mean, Robbie Anderson just got, you know, they just got a six and a seven for him. And I, I'd like to think that Claypool is as talented as him and probably not potentially as much, much off field concerns or on field concerns as yeah. a, a guy who got benched, you know, ejected by his own team last week. Um, so, you know, I would think you could probably get a fifth round pick for him. Um, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to assume it much higher than that at this point in the year. But I think if you got a, if you had a team that really needed a wide receiver, I would think a fourth or a fifth would probably be pretty reasonable. Now, whether or not the Steelers would view him, you know, that, that level of value, you kind of look at the Steelers historically, could they find a guy who can do what he does in the fourth round next year? Possibly. I mean, they, they traded Antonio Brown for a, a third and ended up drafting Deontay Johnson. So, I mean, that, you know, that, that worked out pretty well, but uh, I, I think at this point, you know, Mike Tomlin made a comment today in the, in the, uh, in the press conference about when he talked about Mitch Trubisky going back to the bench and Kenny Pickett, you know, they weren't wanting to make any big changes, any big splashes, I think was the term that he used. And so I'm not sure how available Claypool would be at this point. Cause I, I think that, as long as they're they're playing good football, I don't think he's going to want to disrupt that. So um, we'll we'll have to see what happens in, in the next two weeks because the trade deadline just happens to fall um, two days after two days into the Steelers bye week. So they're going to get that Dolphins game and the Eagles game, and then have two days to decide whether or not they want to want to deal anybody. So um, I think I think how the team as a whole plays over the next two games would determine who's going to be available and who's not down to the wire. I'm just glad that Trubisky looked Claypool's way. Finally, I've been clamoring yeah. for that in, pre- in past episodes, Kurt. It's like, are you going to look at Claypool? Like he's got a good matchup, throw it to him. Especially yeah. that Patriots game stuck out to me, especially. So Claypool, good to see him making plays. We'll see what happens. I think, yeah, he's definitely named to watch at the deadline. We'll see how that shapes out, uh, shakes out. Question number three for you, Kurt. Uh, you know, <laughs> Just going off the article you wrote on Steelers Wire, like what would you say to Steelers fans who not only chirp NFL players and their own team on social media for like trivial things like fantasy points, but especially to those who like go over the line, like what happened with Kevin Dotson and what he brought yeah. to light this week? I, if, you, if you're a Steelers fan who felt the need to send death threats to Kevin Dotson because he gave up a sack, um, you know, Find find another Steelers fan and donate your gear to them, and just just don't trouble us with your presence. I mean, that's not that's not what Steelers fans are about. Yeah, they're passionate and they're crazy and they burn jerseys and they do all those things. But you know, this 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 sort of pseudo freedom and pseudo bravery that people have on social media is just ridiculous. And the idea, you know. I'm glad Kevin Dawson seemed pretty level-headed about it. He said he had talked to Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett forgave him for the giving up the sack, you know, because ultimately it was the sack that gave Kenny the concussion. Um, and that's why I think it, it touched yeah. a nerve with, yeah. with so many fans. But regardless, you don't, you don't make death threats toward a stranger on the internet for any reason, much less over a game. And I, I just hate that. I hate that because – it's so easy to sort of generalize the behavior of a few and go, well, they're Steelers fans for you. You know, they, they do these sorts of things and, and I just, they have no place in the, in the fandom if, if that's how you're going to, going to treat your team. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that move. I, I hate that. I didn't personally, I didn't see it. Um, <clears throat> I think those tweets got deleted and those accounts got suspended pretty quickly. Um, but I have no doubt it happened. I mean, I'm I'm just a, a lowly Steelers writer and I get death threats emailed to me on a on a fairly regular basis or I have in the past. So I get it. I get it. 
<laughs> well, those people just, they need to reevaluate sports and what the point of yeah. sports is. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, yeah. it's guys, it's not that serious. It really isn't. Um, it really but, isn't. But I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're on social media threatening players and you're threatening my guy, Kurt Popejoy on, on emails, like what do you, <laughs> like you just need to, I think you need to get off the internet entirely and, and seek some help. I think that's what you need to do, yeah. Kurt, you know, yeah. just get off the internet yeah. and you take a break because so, Buy it. get yeah. a dog or something. Exactly. Find something that makes you happy. Something's you know? creeped up in there, you know, so you gotta, oh, you gotta man. get some stuff worked out. So yeah, oh, yeah, tough to hear that about Kevin Dotson. Uh, but, just wanted to cover that really quick. And now we got a game to talk about Steelers, Dolphins, Steelers going on the road. Huge underdogs again, Kurt. Getting no credit for yeah. this win over the Bucks. We'll get into that one here coming up next. But first, here's a free play from our friends over at the Bet Slip It podcast. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slip It podcast. Be sure to check out our sportsbook provider. Uh, Tipico Sportsbook, all odds are presented by Tipico. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and they're live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. You can get your welcome bonus at usabet.com slash podcast. All right, on to our game of the week. It is Chiefs at 49ers. The 49ers, again, three and a half points at home. The uh, the 49ers are three and one against the spread since 2020 as a home underdog. And this is a great buy low spot after they lost to the Falcons. They're number one in sack percentage and number two in opponents passing yards per game, going against one of the most lethal offenses in the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. Give me the 49ers to cover here. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Kurt, as I said, Steelers are big dogs. Seven and a half. I think that's what the line was, at least what it opened as against Tampa Bay last week, and then it ballooned up, right? You said it was like eight or nine. Uh, So Steelers, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Steelers, big dogs on the road in Miami. Sounds like Tua Tungo Viola is going to be on track to play in this game. Sounds like he's practicing uh, or scheduled to practice on Wednesday at least. Uh Miami is a is an interesting team, right? They had a just really amazing start to the year. They beat the Patriots, Ravens, and Bills to go three and zero. Uh, but then Tua was dealing with that second really bad concussion, and they lost three straight to the Bengals, Jets, and Vikings. So you know, not unlike the Steelers, they've had a lot of injuries they've had to deal with. That's why they're three and three. But they were on pace to be, you know, one of the better teams in football at the start. Uh, and you know, going to Miami, it's not a, an easy place to win with the Heat. It just never it's never easy to go there and win a game, it seems, right? So seven and a half is a lot of points to be given the Steelers team that seems to have a little bit of confidence, at least coming off of last week. But what's your opening take on this matchup and maybe that spread being uh quite a lot of points in Miami's favor? Yeah, yeah. It's it that is a kind of a high number. I mean, you're kind of banking on on Tua coming back and being ready to roll, but I guess you know, that that was sort of the, the argument heading into the Jets game. Would Zach Wilson be rusty and would he 
where you'd be able to play and shoot, he didn't have any trouble. So I, I would assume that they're looking at this as, as the Dolphins offense is going to be much better. Um, and I think the Steelers only did it for one week. I think that they, they're going to want to see, you know, I, I definitely want to see more from the offense. Um, I, I have to think that the defense is going to play well um, <clears throat> just by getting healthy. But, uh, you know, a lot of the things the Dolphins do are are going to be very challenging for Pittsburgh's defense. I mean, having having vertical vertical guys is tough for the Steelers to defend. They don't have a ton of speed on defense, especially in the secondary. And so I think that you look at it and you look at what, what Miami does really well with Tyreek Hill and, and uh, Waddle, you know, those guys can get deep. And that's, that's going to be tough for Pittsburgh. I think that, I mean, I, I would probably take the points. Um, I think Pittsburgh will keep it closer. I think, I, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think you're going to see another Bills game this year out of Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, we kind of got to see what happens the next couple of days with, with guys getting back and getting healthy again. That'll, that'll make a big difference. I, I don't look for, if the Steelers have to play a bunch of backups in the secondary again, I don't think Miami's going to – I think Miami's going to take a lot more shots at them than, than Tampa did. Yeah, I think that was one question you just kind of answered. It's like, how does the Steelers match up with all that speed? Hill, Waddle, Raheem Mostert, the running back. Those guys could all pop it off at any moment, right? Um, so, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can, can you limit the big plays? Miami's going to try to hit them. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, Kenny Pickett, if he's cleared, Kurt, it's still a, t- a tough spot, right? I mean, road, mm-hmm. prime time, Sunday night, good defense, and he's going to have to ha- play a hell of a lot better than he did against Tampa Bay to keep the Steelers in this one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's going to have to have a big game. I mean, he's going to – and I get it. You know, th- that first drive was scripted. He went out there, marched him down the field, total blown assignment on the touchdown pass um, by, by the Bucks defense. Um, but like I said, after that, it, it wasn't terribly exciting football by the Pittsburgh offense. And so he's got to, he's got to take some shots. He's got to take some chances too. um, Matt, you can't put that one on Matt Canada. He called a good game. I mean, he put picking in position to make plays and he just, he didn't make as many of them this last week. So yeah, he's going to have to be a little more aggressive this week for sure. Could be his coming out party. That's what we need, right? Pickett kind of announcing go. himself to the NFL world on Sunday Night Football. It's, it seems like the kind of spot that he's made for, right? Or the, the kind of spot that he's been gearing up for. So here it is. Hopefully he plays. Um, but yeah, so I think, Kurt, I want to take the points too. And maybe I'm overreacting to how bad you know my pick was last week when I when I said there was zero chance the Steelers are going to win and just hammer the bucks and all that, you know, and, you know, losing my survivor pick and everything, uh, you know, all the, uh, (laughs) all the, the the stuff I went against the Steelers last week. Well, now I kind of want to like overcorrect because I think seven and a half is just a lot of points. I don't think Miami is that good. Again, they've lost three straight. I know they haven't had two, but they've lost three straight, right? Um, They have a new head coach. Uh, So, I mean, it's not like that's like a well-oiled machine. It's not like that's Buffalo. Uh, so mm-hmm. seven and a half, you're giving me that hook, that's that half a point there. So, uh, you know, the, the Steelers could lose by a touchdown and still cover. Uh, right. I want to take the points too. I don't know if I feel great about it, but I want to take the points. So that's where yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. 
I mean, have you seen the rest of the slate this weekend, Kurt? It it's a little it's a little scary. I gotta tell you. I mean, ugly, ugly because there's no Bills, no Vikings, no Rams, and what's that other team? There's another team. Oh, Philly that are all on bye this week. There's a lot of good teams on a yeah. bye, and that is leaving the schedule to be uh, scarce. So. And it'll and it'll probably be some of the most exciting football of the year. That's <laughs> true. You know, yeah, that's it's true. probably going to be the craziest weekend of football all year because when you have all these teams that are five hundred or just under five hundred, it's all bets are off. You just never know what you're going to get. You know, I, I I don't often agree with Tom Brady, but when he said when he was asked about parity and he said he's seeing a lot of bad football, I think he's absolutely right. I think you're yeah. seeing a lot of bad football this year. And so when you get a bunch of teams together that you never know week to week, are they going to look like, you know, Super Bowl champs or the worst team in the league? At least there's some intrigue going into every game. You know, uh, that you just never know, you know, all these games going down to the wire and overtime and kicks hitting goalposts and (laughs) defensive touchdowns and just the craziness. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for it. The more chaos, the better. So you're not taking the family apple picking. You're going to be still watching football. We will not, we will not be at the corn maze this weekend. We will, no, there will be no, there will be no, no pumpkins picked out this weekend. That's for sure. We, no, we will be, I mean, I, I just love watching teams, you know, and Pittsburgh has been this team for the last several years that, Every week you go in and go, is this finally the week that the bottom drops out? And some weeks it does, and you just shake your head. And then the next week you have kind of like what happened against Tampa. And it's like, I don't, I don't even know what to think about next week. You know, you just, you can't, I have people ask me all the time, should I start, you know, Najee Harris this week in fantasy? Should I just, I have no idea. I, I would never. I would never play a Steeler in fantasy football at this point because it's impossible. It's impossible to know. The NFL, man. Again, none of us saw the Steelers win in that ballgame, and now it's like rejuvenated everyone. The fan base is rejuvenated after one week. Everything changes on a dime. I freaking love it. Uh, So once again, that's Kurt Popejoy. Follow his stuff on Steelers Wire. Always great stuff by him and the team. I'm guessing you guys will be tracking a lot of this, this injury stuff throughout the week, right? Kenny Pickett. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, some of these other guys that were yeah. out last week, oh, yeah. got to be tracking those injuries throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, got to make sure gotta, you know we'll be keeping a close eye on that, and also keeping a close eye on you know are, are they going to bring anybody in? You know they did some practice squad shuffling today, signed a couple of guys. That's usually how you can kind of tell where they're on track. You know when they start adjusting that practice squad roster, it kind of gives you an idea how they feel about the active roster. So. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, the t- two weeks to go to the bye week, where everybody's just limping along. So, yeah, no doubt. And we knew this was going to be uh, probably the toughest stretch of the schedule for the Steelers, and they are uh, exactly. just trying to get to the bye week and survive. Uh, and you know, yeah. looking forward to this ball game: Steelers, Dolphins, Sunday Night Football on the road. Hopefully, we can see some Kenny Pickett and we see what he's made of a little bit. It's a good test for him. I'm all for it. Uh, for Kurt, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us again this week. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. 
Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.